Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. And the purpose of this podcast is really to really show what it's like living on the last frontier from people who actually do live here. And in order to help me do that today, I have a very special guest from this Alaska Life YouTube channel. Um, her name is Lauren Ham, and she lives up here with her uh, their family, and they've got a great YouTube channel talking about living up here. Um, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know, single, no kids. So uh, my understanding of living up here with a family is a little limited. So brought in the subject expert today. So please welcome Lauren Ham. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So first off. Um, let's, let's go and give you a plug here in the very beginning. Can you talk a little bit about your channel and, um, kind of what its focus is and what it is you guys are, are trying to accomplish with it. All right. So I have actually two YouTube channels. The first YouTube channel is called this Alaska life, where I are my life with my husband and our four boys here in Alaska. Uh, most popular videos on our channel are my Costco shopping videos, which is not what expected. Um, we are a hunting, fishing, flying family. So I thought that's what people would be interested in the most, but people seem to like to see what things cost in Alaska, which is sometimes shocking. Um, so I share those, but I also share our everyday life as we are processing moose. Um, we are taking our kids on raft trips. We are going camping. Um, we love Alaska so much and we love sharing it with people that are hoping to move here one day or one day would like to visit, or they just find watching videos about Alaska as an escape. Um, so that is kind of our purpose, sharing true life here in Alaska. Man, that's awesome. And I mean, so much of what you're talking about as far as the, you know, the processing meat and um, you know, fishing and everything. Yeah. You really would think that's the thing people would dial in on, but I guess you just, uh, you just can't decide what people are going to watch. <laughs> yeah. So our second YouTube channel is called Alaska boys. That's for my husband. It's also, I show up in that channel as well, but it's for my husband to share more of the hunting, fishing, flying, because that's not what um, people really wanted to see. They wanted the abbreviated version. They wanted like my channel. They want the 30 second hunt. And then they want to see what's happening at home after the hunt. Whereas his channel is, if you want to see the actual hunting process, um, which is really awesome. He's a private pilot. And so he goes flying in awesome places. And um, so that's the difference between the two channels. We, we figured out pretty quick that YouTube has specific things that they want to show. So we broke it up. Oh, outstanding. So it kind of sounds like you guys have been here for a while then. Are you guys like originally from Alaska or what's the story there? So my husband was born and raised here in Anchorage. We moved to Eagle River about nine years ago, which is, if you're not familiar with Alaska, Eagle River is about 15 to 20 minutes outside of Anchorage. We are part of the municipality of Anchorage. I moved to Alaska when I was 14 years old from Texas. And then we both went away to college and we met here during the summer. Um, we were about, we both, Alaskan kids usually come back to home during the summer because you don't want to miss Alaska in the summertime. And so we met up here, continued dating, got married. And then when we graduated, moved back up to Alaska, we've been here for 14 years now since getting married, but this is home. Oh, very nice. 
So really the kids don't know anything except Alaska at this point. I mean, do you think they, they could live anywhere else at this point? (laughs) Well, we're firm believers in like making the most of wherever you are at, but, um, unless something drastic happened, we will be here forever. My, both our parents live here. My parents are snowbirds. Now they fly to, they live in Arizona during the winters, but, um, our parents still love Alaska. We, it is in our blood. So we are not going anywhere. I know my kids could do fine somewhere else, but they kind of die if we go into the heat. So it would be a big change for them. (laughs) They can take cold, they can take wind, they can take rain and snow, but you put them in heat and then they have a hard time. Yeah. Arizona does not sound like a really relaxing location for them. (laughs) No, we like to go in February for a week. And then um, that's about as much as we we need of the heat. See, that's, that's just about perfect. And I try to explain to people all the time, hey, so one thing you got to budget for if you're moving to Alaska, have some kind of trip to somewhere warm in like January or February. Because, I mean, if, once you're done with the holidays, you've got a long five months between the end of the holidays and spring. So you got to give, give yourself something to look forward to in there. <laughs> Yes, we agree. Uh, we often, people often ask how we survive the winter and we say, well, summer, we never stop going. Fall is hunting season and processing by winter. The first part of winter, we're ready to just finally watch some Netflix. Then we always plan a trip to either Hawaii or now Arizona since my parents snowbird there and then spring happens. So we're ready to hibernate for a little bit in the winter time, but it is very helpful to have a trip somewhere warm planned. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you happen to be in Hawaii in February, look around, you see a lot of white pasty people. Those are Alaskans. Like, you don't even have to ask. (laughs) You don't know how many friends we've run into in Hawaii, not knowing that they were going to be there just because that is the exodus that it's a five hour flight, you know, nonstop. Like, who who wouldn't take advantage of that? Exactly. And I mean, yeah, I mean, we could definitely go off uh, off topic here, but there's just so many similarities between Hawaii and Alaska. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, uh, yeah, I feel like we definitely swap a lot of citizens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Outstanding. So let's, uh, let's go and focus a little bit on what it's like having a family up here in Alaska then. So let's just start at like the 30,000 foot view here. And I'm just going to ask a very general question. You know, what is it like? raising a family in Alaska? We absolutely love raising our boys here in Alaska. Like the fact that you can step out into your backyard, you know, figurative backyard and be out in the wilderness so quickly. Um, There is no end of things to do with your kids if you're just adventurous enough to get out. Um, And there's so many wonderful people here that are willing to go with you. So it's not like you have to go out into the wilderness on your own. You know, you take a bunch of kids and go hiking and, or go to a lake and go swimming. It's just, we have really loved raising our kids here. Yeah. I mean, that is just such an awesome thing up here that uh, the people who live up here, it's because, I mean, they want to go out, they want to have fun in the outdoors. It's very rare that you meet someone up here where they're just like, ah, another mountain. Ah, I don't like hiking. (laughs) Just yeah. And I'm not a huge hiker, but there are so many things to do. Like I will take my kids, I, any hike that's my kids level, that's all I'm all for it. You know, the view, <laughs> the just little hikes, but, um, 
Pamluska, you know, Pioneer need. Peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all that kids need is just to get outside. And so um, there, there are so many things to do. And even without that, there are lots of other fun activities as well. well outstanding. So can you describe some of the challenges that you have living up here in Alaska that you probably wouldn't have somewhere else in the lower 48? Well, still on the topic of having children in Alaska, the amount of gear that it takes to enjoy Alaska is where it can sometimes get overwhelming. You need different things for each season. You know, you need your fishing poles and your um, rain gear in the summer, and then you have to transition to layers in the winter time. So that means each kid has to have, and adults have to have their base layer of long johns, then their fleece, and then their snow pants and gloves and hats for each season. We're a cross-country skiing family, which is an amazing sport. There's so many amazing trails in Anchorage and Eagle River, but you have to get the gear. So that is one challenge is just accumulating that gear and storing it. We often have big sheds or our basements are full of the next season's gear. Um, and then the cost of groceries, feeding a big family can get quite high. You need to budget for that. And we supplement that with um, fishing and, you know, hunting. None of it's free. You have to pay for it in your time off and your gear. But um, we do feel secure um, living so far out of the United States or the lower 48 by supplementing with those kind of things. Yep. Absolutely. So let's, let's go and focus in a little bit on kind of the grocery shopping then, because, you know, obviously that's, uh, that's something that does very well for y'all on YouTube as far as the views go. So, you know, what is, you know, let's say, you know, family, you know, I think it's family of six is what it is. Yeah. Family of six. Um, what is kind of a trip to Costco for you guys, if you're trying to, trying to budget for about a month? Okay, so you have to keep in mind, we do not buy meat or fish. I might buy some lunch meat. Um, and we also are big on having food storage. So when I go shopping, it is not just for that week or that month. I like to have a good stock of things in our long-term pantry, in our garage. So it ranges from three to $500 a week. And I do typically go shopping four times a month. And one of those trips will usually be over $500. Um, so it's a lot, um, but I do have four growing boys and we eat at home 99.9% .9 of the time. And so um, we have, that's where our money goes. It doesn't go into eating out and buying a bunch of fast food. So um, I would say we budget probably thousand dollars at least a month for uh, food that that does sound pretty accurate um so just kind of from your perspective what you know when you go to eat out that's something you guys obviously try to um try to minimize as much as possible um what are like how much could somebody expect to spend like let's say you know we've got um panda express here in town or taco bell um, how much could people expect uh, to pay at one of those chain restaurants up here? Well, I just did a video on that because we don't eat out very often. We went around to, we went to Panda, McDonald's, Carl's Jr., which is Hardee's to a lot of people I found out. And then um, 
Subway and we shared their prices. Most meals were around $12. If you got like the main meal plus a drink, um, anywhere from 10 to $12 for just not biggie sizing it, just kind of the regular size meal. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one reason why, I mean, Alaskans go to the lower 48 and I mean, we see like six, $5 meals in Texas and it's like, what? Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So what are some things that people can do to, to try to keep at least the food budget low? So for our family, we shop at Costco. That saves us money in the long run. Um, I probably only go to Fred Meyer, which is a Kroger brand store about once a month to just kind of supplement and buy things that I can't find at Costco. But we do well by just buying things in bulk and then making sure we use it up and not, um, not going shopping when we still have a fridge full of food. Some people have a hard time watching our videos and seeing how much food we have in our freezers. Um, but we can't just like, if things shut down, we can't just go to the next city because they're going to have just as little food as we do. Um, and we can't go to a next state and grab something. So, um, we just try and keep things very well stocked in our freezer. Another thing that we do to save money is I only buy, I, tr I try and buy things that are in season. My rule of thumb for fruit is under $2 a pound. So there are a lot of things at, even at Costco that I very, very rarely buy blueberries, raspberries, um, strawberries, those kind of things. We just go without because we enjoy those in the summertime when we can get them naturally from our yard and from you know, up in the mountains. And then we just go without because they tend to be four to $5 a pound. And those can really, really add up quickly, especially if you're like, if you have kids like mine and they eat through them in like one sitting. So that's kind of my rule of thumb. I can't get away with that on vegetables because often the vegetables are above the two ninety nine a pound. And I just try and get the ones that will last the longest and are, um, you know, in season as much as possible, not in season in Alaska, but somewhere else. We also supplement by um, having a garden. The season is very short. We have so much light in the summertime that we can grow lots of good broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, potatoes, and carrots that are fun to supplement um, in the fall. Oh, outstanding. So, I mean, that is, I'm glad you kind of mentioned the, the produce because for me personally, I've done a little bit of produce shopping at Costco. I've been more impressed with the the produce I found at Fred Meyer's, but I mean, then again, like I'm not buying for six people though. So I can get away with that a little bit more. <laughs> I do find that if I want things like grapes um, or strawberries, they tend to go on sale at Fred Meyer, whereas Costco, they kind of just stay the same price. Um, so you can get better deals on fruit and veggies at um, Fred Meyer. Outstanding. So what are some other ways outside the food budget that people can, can kind of minimize their, their expenses while living in Alaska? I think that people can just get some hobbies that are free or <laughs> you buy, you invest in it once and then you can do it. My husband uses the same cross-country skis that he had in high school. And that is something he does every week during the winter time. And I do as well, but I had to buy mine as an adult because I didn't learn until I was an adult. But um, if you get these hobbies of hiking and getting out, then 
those don't cost very much. And then, um, you know, just plan your vacation strategically. So you're not paying an arm or leg to get out of Alaska <laughs> because airfare can be um, expensive. Um, and just learn to love living here, especially if you're only here for a short time with the military and stuff, just like really enjoy your time here, be a tourist here. Even if you just stay within five hours of Anchorage, there are so many things that you can do. Like I could go to Seward for three weeks every summer and still find things to do. That's one of our favorite places to camp and it's not that expensive. So we just really try and be um, tourists within our own state, but in a very kind of cheap way by just camping and enjoying the, the beautiful things that it has to offer. Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely kind of a, a misconception that you have to spend a lot of money to have a good experience. And that's, that's really one of the things that Alaska really excels at is offering the experience and you don't necessarily have to break the bank while doing it. Yeah, I agree. You know, we, some people look at us though, we do have an airplane and, um, but my husband saved up for that. He drove my car from high school till last year so he could pay for an airplane in cash. And we just, we know that that's our, um, one of our passions. So we just fit that into the budget. We don't drive fancy cars. We, um, we try and just live within budget so we can do fun things, um, with our family, like go on float trips. And, um, I think another way to really uh, save money is you learn to do those things yourselves, find people that will teach you how to go rafting. So you're not paying somebody to take you rafting. Um, but you can go along with people that know how to do it and you can um, save a lot of money that way. Yeah. Kind of on the, the topic of rafting, uh, don't go too cheap. I went and bought no. like a, like a $10, like inflatable thing. I think it had a hand pump with it. And I went down to, um, I think it was, um, Matanuska River is what it was. And for those of you, yeah, uh, Lauren's shaking her head. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, uh, Matanuska River is, it's, uh, it's a little sketchy. There's lots of, of trees that have fallen down. It's really murky, silty water from uh, silt from ground up rocks from the glaciers. So you can't really see in it. And actually we were getting into the water and a police officer in a kilt came running up and like told me, I can't tell you not to, but you know, we, multiple people die in this river every year. So please don't. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, you want to get good gear <laughs> and there's a lot of places that will rent you good gear. If you're not sure you're ready for that investment yet. But, um, if you do love fishing and you do love floating a good, there's lots of local, um, boat companies, Gary King that make awesome boats for Alaska. And then you just make that investment and then you get to enjoy it over and over and over again. So exactly. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get the Walmart boat for, for Alaskan rivers because it's too cold. You need it to be reliable. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of good stuff to say about saving money, but also if you're going to buy any gear, like go for the good stuff. So it's, yeah. it's going to last a lot longer and you're not going to die in the mat too. <laughs> And you can always sell it later if you find out it's not your thing because somebody else is going to be getting into that hobby too. Oh, exactly. All right. Outstanding. So kind of talked a little bit about expenses and ways that people can kind of save money up here. Um, what do you think of the, the schools in the area? Because that's, that's another question I get asked quite a bit. So I moved here in middle school. I loved middle school and high school here. Um, 
it was a good experience for me and my husband as well. And then our kids, are, they are in an ABC school, a back to basic school, because that's the school in our neighborhood. Um, and it has been a good experience. Um, we've really been happy with the schools up here and feel like our kids are getting a good education. Outstanding. So what are um, some of your favorite Alaskan activities then? And I'm going to go ahead and just add flying somewhere on that list already. <laughs> so that, yeah, flying is my husband's thing. That's more of a, you know, I married into that. I had never been in a small airplane before I married my husband. So a lot of things I had never, I didn't grow up in a hunting family. My dad and I learned to fish when we moved here from Texas. Um, so we love to fish. Now we've had little kids for a long time. And so we are just now getting back into that. If you check out our channel, if you are interested in those kind of things, you'll see that we're just now starting to take float trips with all four of our kids because they all can handle it now. Um, and it's fun to revisit those things that we love to do. We, we went fishing all the time when we met. Um, but I love lots of things that my husband doesn't love. I do home decor and organizing and things like that. So that's perfect for me in the winter time. I love doing that kind of stuff. Um, it's a little challenging up here in Alaska to find things, but it is definitely possible. I, um, between like antiquing and thrift stores and ordering things on Amazon, I've always been able to furnish our homes beautifully. So, um, there's just a, there's a, anything that you really want to be able to do, you can find a way to do it here in Alaska. Um, it just sometimes might take a little bit more, uh, str like strategy to figure out how to make it work. Right. So <clears throat> when you said, uh, mentioned thrift store, that kind of just reminded me, um, do you have any places you guys go to for, um, shopping for clothes, shopping for like snow gear and how much should people probably budget for, for those, uh, those items. I mean, assuming we're in South central and we're not in the North pole necessarily. Yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, layers is the key. I get a lot of my stuff at Costco. They have pretty inexpensive snow pants that work pretty good. Um, they're about $17 and I buy all our long johns there too, and make sure my kids have multiple pairs. It's just so important that kids, um, don't wear cotton in the winter time, get all sweaty when they're sweating, get freezing. Um, so we just dress them appropriately and then they can stay out for a lot longer. Um, our local favorite shop is big rays. They have their own brand of snow gear called, um, activate. And they have like the one piece snowsuits for kids. I love those for toddlers through about seven years old, because you don't want that gap for, um, snow to get in between their jacket and their snow pants. Um, so we love shopping there. We buy bog boots for all of our kids. Um, if you're not familiar with those, you can find them on Amazon and things, but we buy them at big rays. They pull on. Um, so the kids aren't having to lace things up and they actually wear them all winter and all summer because they're just good rain boots in the summertime, keep their kids, their feet really warm wool socks are a must. I love Costco wool socks or smart wool wool socks. We do have REI here. You can get good socks there. Amazon. Um, and I, like I said, I buy a bunch of Costco ones for myself and then my kids end up using those. Um, so yeah, that's 
that's mostly where we we go shopping for our snow gear and you know it just depends it some things can last from kid to kid and so um but i end up buying new gear every year i just filmed it hasn't come out yet but i just filmed me going through i took an afternoon and i laid out all of the snow gear all of the mittens the 5000 of them and matched them all up and went and you know, supplemented, found what we needed, filled in the gaps because all the kids need a snowsuit, then they need just a regular jacket. So you have to you kind of have to think, but that is how we enjoy Alaska is if you're prepared, you can go out in any weather. Um, one time I went and visited my husband when he was working in Yakutat and another wife came with me to visit her husband at the same time. And so, she was in- So real quick for, for our listeners who might not know where Yakutat is, um, can you kind of explain where that is? Oh, where is Yakutat? It's down further south, right? On, I can't even think of where Yakutat is. Yeah, because I, I know it's in southeast. It so, is in southeast, yeah. So southeast, really small town. Okay, sorry, and, go ahead. And that doesn't matter as much to the story as, we. It, it's a coastal town. So we were going to be walking out on the beach and it was um, in April. So it was still pretty cold. And I had my long johns, my raincoat, my rain boots or my bog boots. And like my husband and I had an amazing time and she didn't have any of those things. She just had like her little ballet flats and her little jacket and she was miserable. And on the plane ride home, I wrote her a list. Okay, you need to go get your long johns. You need to get your wool socks. You need to get some boots because you will not love Alaska until you are prepared um, for the weather. Once you... Like I, we go out and are sweating if we're, you know, are warm and you can stay out for a long time. Yeah, that is so true. You got to make sure you're geared up the right way. I remember the first year I got up here, I legitimately could not afford to upgrade from like my little spring summer jacket to an actual like coat. And I had to stay outside for prolonged period of times during the winter. So that was a... That was a cold winter. Did not have a good first impression of Alaskan winters as an adult. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, when I just did my shopping this year, I went to REI and that can be very overwhelming because their jackets were like $150 for a kid's jacket that I know is only going to last one season. And I love REI, but I couldn't do that when for kids. So I went back to Costco and waited for them to get in their $14.99 jacket and with some good snow pants and all those layers, then the cheaper stuff works just fine. Yeah. I mean, especially because they're going to be running around too. It's not like they're just standing in the snow, hoping the gear is going to keep them warm. They're running around. Yeah. The biggest problem is you end up getting holes in the knees because they don't, you know, they're just rough on stuff. But when it's only 17 bucks, then you're not so worried about it. Exactly. Just turn and burn, turn and burn. (laughs) All right. So what has been some of y'all's experiences with vehicles up here? And do you have any, um, any brands, any models that you would, you know, recommend for being up here in Alaska? Obviously not an official endorsement, but. (laughs) So we have a couple different cars. We have a van, we have a minivan, a Toyota Sienna. That's always worked well for us. It's just all wheel drive. It's not even four wheel drive. Um, the most important thing is having good tires on it. So either all season tires that are in good condition or studded tires. Um, my husband recently upgraded to a Honda CRV and has had 
good luck with that with really good all season tires. Um, we have a big 12 passenger van that we got this summer to be able to cart all my kids and cousins and their friends around. And that just has um, really good studded tires that we moved on to it so that we can keep using it. And um, I think as long as you just didn't know that you're gonna have to invest in good tires and probably invest in them often, um, most cars can do all right. But I would suggest all wheel if, if possible or four wheel is really helpful if you plan on going, if you live in the mountains or plan on going into the mountains, then you, you do need a little bit more than what we have. But we live in a very flat neighborhood, thankfully. So we're able to make that work. Outstanding. Um, have you guys ever had studded tires before, or do you just have the all season tires? So when my husband had his sedan that I was mine from high school, um, we always had studded tires on that. And my 12 passenger van does have studded tires that we just got put on it. That um, is a newer purchase to us. So we did just purchase studded tires. Gotcha. Now all we need is some snow that's going to stick and some ice and you'll be set. <laughs> Yeah, it's had a hard time figuring out what it wants to do this fall. I think we've had what snow five snowfalls so far, and then there just there's none left. Gone, other yeah, than we, in, up in the mountains. Yeah, we we had our first like snowfall in September. Actually, I think it was like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been and, a crazy fall. But that's okay. I mean, I've got a fourplex right now. I'm paying for the for the gas on that property, so. Um, honestly, keeping kind of mild temperatures this winter is good for business. So I'm just fine with where we're at. <laughs> yeah, that is another big expense, keeping your houses warm here, um, especially the gas in the wintertime. Yeah, I'm definitely just making sure everything's got a tight seal on it, like on one of my doors right now. I mean, I've seen there's just this little gap at the bottom of the door from where the, the little strip wore away. And I'm probably going to be going and replacing that next time I get a chance to go to Home Depot, just because every little bit counts, especially if it starts to actually get, you know, close to zero or negative, that's going to make a big difference. For sure. Yeah. All right. Outstanding. So can you describe what the, uh, what the medical care is like up here? And I mean, you recently broke your ankle, so um, probably got a better, uh, better sense of this than other folks, but, uh, what's your sense of the medical care up here? So we have had really good experiences with the medical care here. Um, we have had all four of our children up here in Providence hospital. That's where my husband was born. Um, my second son was born six weeks early by emergency C-section and he was in the NICU and other than it being a traumatizing experience, the doctors that were available and the nursing staff and the doctors at the hospital were fantastic. Um, it, there, you know, we had the specialists that we needed um, to get him delivered safely, but then also after he was delivered to give us uh, the proper diagnosis and then the proper um, treatment, he, um, he got a parasite. I got a parasite while I was pregnant with him from, and passed it on to him. So that is why he was born early. And so he was on a year of treatment and it, you know, the, it, everything was taken care of here. Now that's not everybody's experience. Some place, some people do have to go to Seattle for specialists, but I find that more than, more than not 
people are able to find what they need here. And as you mentioned, I did just break my ankle. Um, OP, we, they had great, um, I can't, what is the name? It was OPA, but great people working with that. And when my son broke his arm, um, went to the ER, that was a good experience with um, the doctors taking care. He had to get surgery and um, it all went well. And so we've had lots of things, tubes in ears, ENTs, um, all, the, all the specialists that we have needed, we have been able to find here. Yeah. I mean, if you're raising boys, you're going to become pretty familiar with the, <clears throat> with the doctors and medical scene in the area. <laughs> Unfortunately, we haven't had too many, just one broken, one broken arm so far. And then my broken ankle, but um, yeah, it's nice to know that if there is a problem that uh, at least pre COVID, I ha we haven't had anything um, major happen. Uh, so um, that there was always really good care. Um, and then my husband works for a native corporation and, um, he works, they are in charge of the medical clinics out in the Aleutian islands, which are all those islands going off of Alaska. And they work really hard for the native community to have good healthcare as well. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's, um, that's definitely very needed out there because I mean, it went out to, even just Kodiak a little bit ago and really kind of a sense of remoteness out there. And it kind of settled in after a couple hours where I was like, okay, what's here is what you got. So <laughs> don't, mm -hmm. uh, don't get into trouble. Don't get hurt. <laughs> the problem they face the most out there is if something major happens is, and the weather's bad is getting people into Anchorage or into Seattle is just getting out of those small communities. So Alaska is big and it does I always say it's like extreme. It's got the extreme temperatures, this extreme size, extreme adventures. So if you're willing to just like embrace it, that can be a, a wonderful thing. Right. Okay. So what about dentists in the area? Um, what's been kind of your experience with that? Do you have any, you've, you would really kind of recommend, even if it's just um, from our experience, but here's somebody. <laughs> Well, I have a biased opinion on this. My sister is uh, the lead hygienist at Mint Dental in Anchorage, and we have always received really good care from them. Um, and so we take our kids to get their, you know, checkups and any problems that they have there at Mint Dental. But, um, you know, we have lots of friends that are dentists. There's no shortage of dentists up here. And if um, you're looking for certain things like sedation or just um, extra care from different things. It's, it's available up here. There are so many specialists and, um, lots of dentists to choose from. Yeah. I mean, especially in Eagle river it feels like every other, yeah, every other business is a, is a dental office. It feels like, I guess I don't pay that much attention to it because I do live it, you know, that I, I go into Anchorage to get my teeth done, but, um, there are, there, I, like I said, I have lots of friends that their husbands are dentists. So I know that there are, there are plenty to go around that if you need something, they can take care of you. Yep. Alaskans have got very good teeth. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's something we got going for us. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk a little bit about child care then, because this is a direct question I do get fairly often. Um, is it easy to find babysitters up here? 
Um, you know, what's a child care scene look like? Um, can you shine any light on that? Unfortunately, I am not really, I'm a stay at home mom. And so I have not utilized a uh, child care almost at all. There are several schools that do like a pre-K program that I've had my, um, one of my sons do. Um, so I just don't know. My sister always used um, like the before and after school care and had good experiences with that. Um, but I, I was an elementary school teacher, but I stopped working after I had my first son. So I have not um, done preschool or daycare. Um, and I, but I know a, a lot of people that have, um, but I don't know. I don't know enough to feel like I can shed light on that. Okay. Well, fair enough then. So where is a good place for families to, to meet other families here in the South Central Alaska? Are there like any co-ops or, or, um, or groups, support groups, anything like that that you would recommend for people that are just showing up here? Um, I think, you know, a lot of our community comes from just going to the parks and being, you know, meeting other people at, um, you know, meeting places like that. Uh, we get a lot of our community through church, um, have made a lot of friends and met like-minded people that want to, you know, go explore Alaska through our um, church congregations. And I know that there are a lot of active different churches um, within Eagle River and Anchorage that um, you can find really good groups of people to help show you kind of what, what there is, what there is to offer. And then I would say, you know, if you don't know anybody yet, make sure that you're checking out these YouTube families that are embracing life in Alaska, because um, not that you're necessarily going to be their friend, but you can feel like they can guide you on some of the things that you might um, want to do. I know that there are moms groups. A lot of the churches have mops. Uh, it's called Moms of Preschoolers. So if you have kids when you move up here, I was part of one of those. It was not part of my church that I go to, but they do um, allow anybody to come in. And through that, I was able to meet a lot of women that, oh, they like to hike or they like to get out and um, do things with their family. And that was a great way to meet other people. So if there's moms listening, um, you can type in mops, I'm sure online and find a local church. I went to one in Anchorage and then one out here in Eagle River. Outstanding. <clears throat> so just a couple more questions left here. So in your opinion, you know, why do people decide to um, decide to raise their families in Alaska? What would make them want to do that versus um, doing it in the lower 48 where you might have you know, more convenient access to the, the rest of the lower 48? <laughs> I think people that are willing to just embrace Alaska it just is a wonderful place to raise your children because you can get them outside and have them experience things. Um, I know people on our channel all the time commenting. We have a lot of people that are grandmas. So they like watching and seeing my kids grow up. And they mentioned like, most kids don't know where their food comes from, but your kids see you process a moose. My kids help process the moose. They're in there running the grinder um, and I know that's not the experience for everybody in Alaska, and it wasn't my experience, but I, it was something that I learned to embrace and have wanted to share with my kids. They know where their food comes from. They help us in the garden. They help us 
in the chicken coop. Um, and we're able to do that up here because there's just, there's just room for that. And, um, it's also just a simpler way of life up here. There's not the traffic, even if traffic and Anchorage or is nothing compared to what it is when I've traveled, you just, um, you just learn to appreciate kind of just having a simpler life. You're not going to be able to just run to Ikea and get everything you can imagine. Like you just get to experience it with what we, what you have. And, um, I think being away from the lower 48, sometimes it's very hard on people not being able to see their families, but it also lends the opportunity to become very close as your own family, lean on each other, and then create an amazing community of friends that become like family because you are so far away from people. Um, Because a lot of people don't have family up here. And so they are looking for community. And if they will if they'll embrace that, it can be really, really amazing. Outstanding. So is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered? Um, Alaska is a wonderful place. I think um, some people want to know, like, how can I come up and like, what should I come see in a week? Or can I see it all in a month? And that just makes my husband and I laugh so hard because even living here and being very adventurous, there's no way that we'd be able to see it all. And, um, you know, people ask, when's the best time of the year to visit? And it's like, well, what do you want to see? Do you want to see the Northern lights and this, or do you want to like go fishing? Because that's very specific when each fish runs. Um, so there's just so many different things to offer, um, that if you'll just like pay attention, um, there's always something fun to do. I would have to agree with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and wrap up here real quick then. So for people that are, um, that are interested in hearing more about your, uh, about your family's journey and experience, where can they go to, um, to find out more? So as we said, YouTube, this Alaska life, uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. If you go on Instagram, you get to see a little bit more of the like behind the scenes every day to day. I often post what the weather is every morning because that seems to be um, kind of polarizing to people. Like, especially we have a lot of viewers that are like in Australia and so they're on the opposite season. So it's kind of fun to talk back and forth and see, oh, like it's really hot here and you guys are freezing. Um, so Instagram is a great place if you want to connect per- personally with us. Um, and then we have the Alaska Boys channel if you're more interested in the hunting and um, meat processing. My husband also, we have a Traeger grill. And so we do a lot of um, just showing how we eat in Alaska, um, what we do with our meat. Uh, my father-in-law gave me very good advice when I got married and told me anything that I could do with chicken, I could do with halibut. And anything I could do with beef, I could do with moose. And so that has served me really well as I have learned to cook and enjoy the things that Alaska has to offer. (laughs) Perfect. Well, that's, uh, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. So, all right. Well, Lauren, I do really appreciate your time then. Thanks for having me.